to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Well, only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbop. What's up? A little beer on my screen here. I'm going to wipe that off. Uh, and Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Yellow. How we doing? How we feeling? Excellent. 48 days till the season begins. It's mind-blowing. We're almost there. Training camp starts no. next week. Oh, something rookies reported uh, this week uh, or last week. What day is it? It's Friday. It's Friday, week. baby. <laughs> in honor of 48, really quick, who's the first person you think of number 48 ever in the NFL? I can't even think of one. <laughs> <laughs> shitty <laughs> probably a shitty question. Yeah, I can't either. So, solid Google. question. Probably a long snapper. Yeah. That's a long snapping number. Um, on today's episode of the Fantasy Football Fathers, by the way, if you haven't already, check us out on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, um, there's, there's one Hall of Famer where that's ever worn the number 48. His name is Les Richter. Oh, old Richter? Yeah, old Richter. Yeah, well, we need a little bit more intro, a little less Richter. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we're covering the NFC West. Going to go through each team in the division and the fantasy-relevant players for every team and do a little preseason analysis on those guys, really pre-training camp analysis, I guess, still at this point. Um, so, yeah, a little early analysis on every single team in the NFC West and every single player. What else? That's uh, it? Yeah, quit touching my feet is what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Space is limited here uh, in the old studio. You're just tall as fuck. I got some long legs, so yeah, stick to your uh, zone over there. I'm going to have to tape it off, I think, because you got some mangly toes. I'm I'm curling them up so you you don't (laughs) fucking touch me. Uh, All right, NFC West. uh, Let's start, I guess, with the Arizona Cardinals. Huh? Yeah. You want to hit a little news first? Got a couple little things there? Um, No. Nope. Okay. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> no. No more news. Cool. I mean, the biggest news story is about the Cardinals, anyway. So. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. The other ones. Uh, you know. All right. <laughs> I I guess they're not relevant. Whatever. to PUP list. PUP list. A bunch of stuff coming out on that today. Michael Thomas, J.K. Dobbins, but doesn't matter at this point. I think that's notable once we get closer to the season. But, I mean, Michael Thomas, is he ever going to play football again? I don't know. I mean, (laughs) does he still have an ankle? I don't know. It's been two years now. So, for me, I mean, I don't know if you want to speak on Michael Thomas, but as of right now, I'm not, you know, looking to target him in drafts at this point. Fair enough. Let's see what happens in training camp when he does officially come back, if ever. If he does and he looks good, then yes, there's I think a conversation to be had. But well, between him and J.K. Dobbins, both been out kind of like the same amount of time. Who do you think is going to actually play football first? J.K. I, or I, I'd put more faith in J.K. playing good football first. Right, that's yeah. how I feel. I mean, hopefully they both come back and are you know back to their normal selves. But as of right now, it's there's too many question marks in the air. You know, we need to see them actually out there competing and on the field to really have any sort of opinion. So, with that being said, let's get right into the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray signed, was that today? 
or yesterday. Yesterday. Signed his five-year deal worth $230.5 million, $160 million guaranteed. And $105 million guaranteed at signing. Jesus. It's crazy how much money um, <coughs> quarterbacks are getting and, and just seeing how this is all playing out, the whole cash over cap conversation the owners that are much more liquid have the ability to you know guarantee a lot more money and how that's becoming such an advantage but i think arizona gave them absolutely everything they could which means you know they are committed to kyler long term i mean they're committed to this whole committee long term because they also extended cliff kingsbury they also right. extended steve kind the the gm so i mean they're expecting this to come together one way or another. Otherwise, they're going to crash and burn, and it's going to be glorious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. <clears throat> but getting back to the fantasy conversation, um, Kyler Murray right now is the QB5 overall in, in terms of ADP and 59 um, overall, <clears throat> you know, overall the positions. Finished QB10 last year. He's being drafted right around the fifth round right now. Maybe slips to the six um, if you're lucky. But how do you guys feel about Kyler Murray, his cost, and what he will be able to do this year with Hopkins out for the first six weeks? I feel pretty good about it. I drafted him in the third round, I believe, two years ago, and this is and he had a that was le- last year, I think. Uh, was it last year? Yeah. And he had a lesser supporting cast. It's just gotten better. So I think with his ADP, it's a really good value. I mean, I, I think so. I did reach for him last year, I'll admit that. But he also didn't have Hollywood Brown and didn't have Zach Ertz at the time. Right. Yeah, and he also missed three games. So you add in those three games, he close, finishes more like QB, what, six probably? Yeah, dealing with injury, you could kind of tell it was definitely affecting him, even the games oh, for that sure. he, was, he was out there. Um, like, he's a dynamic player. Um, I like picking him up in the fifth round um, if he's there uh, myself right now. Um, in mocks or whatever. Um, I mean, that's all. I mean, he's a guy that could finish QB1 overall. Like, he yeah. has that in his, um, uh, what's the word? What's the term I'm looking for here? Blood. He's talented enough. Yeah. Um, there's a path for him to finish QB1 overall. For sure. Obviously, the biggest concern with Kyler is that we've seen it every year so far. He has fallen off in the second half of the season, as has the team as a whole. So they're not doing very well at making it, or not being great at making adjustments to what the defenses are giving him. So that's my only concern because, like, if Kyler's giving you 15 points in the playoffs, you're probably not winning much, you know, when you're trying to win a championship. Right. Um, Real quick, if you guys had to choose, you know, you want to take Lamar or Kyler in the fifth round, who do you take right now over those two guys if you have the option of both? Or do you wait and try to get Jalen in the sixth? It's it's tough. I I think it's I think it's probably a personal preference. Um, they're sure. they're probably very similar. I think myself, I would go with Lamar just because I've seen more sustained success with him than I have with Kyler. So, yeah, I would do the same. I'd also I would also go with a guy who hasn't been paid yet and wants to be paid. So if that contract doesn't work out, like the contract that he wants to get in the off season, I want Lamar, and then I would honestly take Jalen in the sixth over Kyler in the fifth, just because of that value. I'm trying to get. Uh, yeah, probably a, a really good receiver at that point. For sure. Uh, there's still a lot of good players at that point in the draft. Um, James Connor right now. Um, he's overall 34, 
Running back 19? Yeah. Is that accurate? Yep. Why is everyone so high on him? Or is it just you, James? I just... He's, I, I feel like ni- running back 19 is low as hell for him. It's It yeah, feels about right too. to me. Fantasy Pros has him at 16 um, right now. But oh, that might have changed in the day because, you know, these are being updated constantly. I did this doc last night. So. Sure. Um, either way, he's going, um, what, in the third round? Um, you know, some people – I mean, he finishes the RB5 last year. Is this – there's not a whole lot of competition in the backfield. You know, Benjamin, Daryl Williams – yeah. I don't think are ma- ma- uh, major threats at all to James Conner. Like, to me, he feels like one of the most secure roles in term and, you know, the least amount of competition compared to a lot of other running backs right now. Agreed, um, yeah. Drafting at this point. Um, also, I think you need to move your, uh, your uh, scoring to half PPR. I think you're on standard scoring right there. Oh, am I? Yeah. That's probably why. So, but either way, yeah, I mean, I That's think correct. going into the uh, – you know, he's going in like the third or fourth round right now. I I love that. I mean, you're getting a guy who could very well finish as a top ten running back, and you're probably drafting him as your number two running back. So that's that's easy money for me. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. I, I would take him as a number two, but he still feels a little risky. But your guys' arguments are very good. Like the, there's no competition, and as an RB two, I'd I'd be happy with it. But this RB one expectations I see floating around, I'm not about it. I'll just say that. I was just going to say, I, you know, if you get two stud, if you're in the position to get really, you know, two difference makers at receiver in the first and second round, I don't mind taking James Conner as in my the, in your third, in yeah, third as my RB1. Sure. That's just kind of how I feel about it. You know, he's a guy with top five potential. So you don't mind not winning a championship? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mind winning championships. I mean, it's one, those, it's one of those things like, like if you're, you know, especially drafting at like the back half of the first round, you pick up somebody like, you know De- Devonte, and then also turn around and get like Stephon Diggs as your top two receivers. Like right. I'm pretty happy taking James Conner in the third as well. Right. Do you guys For have sure. the ADP up with other running backs or just him right now? I got everyone. Like, I got so, the whole list right here. So who's in that range? If I if I skip on James Conner in the third and I take those two receivers, who else am I choosing from? And Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, Zeke, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell. Fuck. Okay, yeah, so really, the only other person I would want is Zeke, so I guess I'm speaking out a little bit out of pocket here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he feels like a value even in the third round right now. Uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, the new addition to this offense right now. He's the wide receiver 23, and uh, overall he's 62 on ADP. Finishes the wide receiver 25 last year. D-Hop's going to be out for the first six weeks. Marquise really could get off to a hot start, um, and you're kind of seeing his ADP rise because of that. How do you guys feel about it? He sees someone you're targeting, you know, right there in, what, the sixth, seventh round? Um, I don't know if I would say necessarily targeting targeting him. I just I still don't have a lot of faith in Hollywood Brown. Like, he's shown some flashes and never put it all together. I worry about him struggling trying to be the number one guy again we showed he wasn't great at that in in baltimore but he is going back to you know a quarterback he has a lot of a lot of connection with um, a lot of history they're friends and in a much more pass happy offense so that could all be wrong i mean if he's i'm not gonna not take him in like the sixth round but i'm not necessarily like he might not be the one i'm targeting either yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say it's not someone i'm seeking out but if i get kind of forced to be in that position I don't that, hate it. Right. 
Yeah, because he's someone that could really get your team off to a hot start. You know, if him and Kyler connect early um, for the first six weeks, he's the wide receiver one on this team, you know. So it's interesting. The thing is, okay, so in that same kind of area, you have uh, Chris Godwin, who's gonna who's probably going to miss time. You have Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, all in like that kind of same area of being drafted. Right. So would you rather have? Brandon Cooks, Marquise Hollywood Brown, all day. Brandon Cooks, the the undeniable six different what quarterbacks in six years, thousand yard seasons. <laughs> Come on, yeah, he is pretty consistent. I think I'd lean towards the consistency of Brandon Cooks. Plus, I think Davis Mills actually he showed enough promise last year that he's going to have a better season this year. So I think I'd go Cooks as well. Don't draft Amari Cooper. I'll just say that <laughs> he's Mark in that Cooper? area. Yeah, Marquise Brown over Amari Cooper all day. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, speaking of, he's the wide receiver 34 overall right now, 84 overall. Um, would you like to know what he finished at last year? You want me to do that for sure. you for these guys? Well, he also missed, you know, seven or yeah, seven games, but he finished, uh, at 45th and he was averaging about 12.6 points a game though at the time. Yeah. So not horrible, but also not, not below his average. level for sure. Yeah. I mean, to me, DeAndre Hopkins is scary. Um, I think still in the eighth round, like it's too expensive for me. He's gonna miss half the fantasy season, you know. Yeah. If he falls to maybe like the tenth or eleventh round, then, right? Where at that point you're only picking up guys with potential. Yeah. Then I'm thinking. Then I'll you know probably take the shot, but he's never gonna. I don't think he's ever gonna fall that far just because of his name and pedigree and all that. Still, right now with his cost, I'm out. Yeah, I I think I'd agree with you. And you know, the eighth round that seems that's gonna be too rich for me as well. His touchdowns have been increasing though. Yeah, his two full seasons before that, six touchdowns, seven touchdowns. Last year had eight touchdowns in ten games. Um, three years ago, obviously he was on the Texans. Two years ago was his first year on the on the Cardinals. So, uh, I agree with you guys, but it, it's roster, interesting. He's gonna be a roster clog for half the fantasy season you know yeah he's a stash to guy. me that's just like that sucks because there's nothing you can do with him you can't drop him you can't trade him you know um you want to make moves on the waiver wire and you got this guy that's you know that you can't do anything with i don't know it's I just mean, it's too costly for me in the eighth round right now in the eighth round you're still going to be getting guys that could produce for you week week in and week out, out at your flex position right and if you're taking hopkins you're banking on him coming back from suspension and killing it. Yeah. And that's a hefty bet for sure. Um, We're talking like Devontae Smith, Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods. Right, but those are only just receivers. Like We're talking about in the eighth round, you could also be looking at running backs that could be helping you out. You could be getting your first tight, tight end. end. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't want to draw it out too much, but if Hollywood Brown doesn't work out, this could be like a very, very good receiver you get late in the draft the last 11 weeks of the year. Yeah, but round eight isn't too late, you know. Like it's kind of late if I'm you draft like double, okay. double digit rounds for me, like round ten. It's like okay, now I got to seriously consider DeAndre right. Hopkins. But with the name, it won't happen, right? No, he'll he won't drop that far. I think we we've seen him fall as far as he'll probably go, and when we get close to the season, he'll, he'll probably rise honestly in ADP. Um, Rondell Moore right now, uh, wide receiver 64 overall, um, 190th 
Yeah. So essentially undrafted. The reason I threw him in here is because we have Hopkins being suspended. So what do you guys feel he might be able to do in the first, you know, six weeks of the season? I like him as a late round flyer. You know, um, I don't love it, but he's a talented guy. Um, there's an opportunity there. You know, take a shot and see what happens. But I'm not going out of my way to to draft him or anything. Rondell Moore or Lavisca Chenault <laughs> on the Jaguars. I hate. They're they're both very. I hate similar. hearing Lavisca's name. Dude. <laughs> I know, it just right? Brings up so many. <laughs> they're, they're thought of like very similarly though. So that's why. Yeah. I bring yeah that um. It feels like LaVisca's on his way out. Like, honestly, I don't know what happened, but well, I mean, you they got, brought he, in all these receivers. Yeah. I mean, obviously something's not working out there. You do have a creative play caller, though, and, and Doug Peterson, so maybe you see something that way, but yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, There's so many mouths on that Jaguars team right now. I think, yeah, I think I'd lean Rondell Moore because there seems to be less competition, which is a weird thing to say for... Right how good the Cardinals can be and how right. awful the Jaguars are. Yeah. Uh, another piece on this offense that I actually like at the position, Zach Ertz right now, he's the tight end 10 overall going 98th overall in drafts. Um, he's a tight end. I like targeting later in drafts. Um, you know, if you, if you kind of punt the position, you're waiting till round 10, round nine, whatever um, to pick up your tight end. He's a guy I like targeting right now. I know Trey McBride is still there. Um, but I think they'll lean heavily on Zach Ertz until the wheels fall off. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't think Zach Ertz still has a ton of juice left, but I think he could deliver good value for your team uh, if you do punt the position. Yeah, he's at like the tail end of that tight end run, and if you miss out on him at that point, you're, things get really Another thin. Another tear drop for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's Gasicki, uh, and really the only two guys I would bring up after Mike Gasicki, which I honestly think are above him in my opinion, would be Pat Fryermuth and Cole Komet on the Bears. Yeah. So if you miss out on Zach Ertz, you're really, you're risking it. You're rolling with basically having like a week-in, week-out waiver wire tight end. Yeah, you also have Dawson Knox going a few picks ahead of him too, so he might be available in that same area. But I'm okay. Like all four of those guys, Knox, Ertz, Gasicki, and Fryermuth, I, I would not mind taking him as my tight end number one in the 10th round. Right. I really wouldn't mind that at all. No, no you're, you're saying good if you're doing that. For me, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Gesicki on that list that you just listed would probably be fourth for me. Just, I was literally going to say that. Just because of the influx of talent and, yeah, you know. He's not a four-down tight end either. No. Or not three-down, three my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Three um, yards every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, flashbacks to high school. Though. Inside joke, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on then to the Los Angeles Rams. Super Bowl winners last year. Um, likely to be, you know, obviously in the running again for it this year. A ton of talent on the team. They brought in more talent. Um, so let's start with... Um, Let's start with the quarterback here. Matthew Stafford right now is QB 11 and going 83 overall in ADP. Finished fifth last year in standard and PPR. Well, yeah, he doesn't catch the ball. Hey, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I'm just uh, so used to right, reading that right. shit. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I said that, I'm like, Yep, that didn't sound right. Makes sense. Uh, Matthew Stafford feels like 
he could be a value at the position. I feel like he's being underrated at this point. I do too. Yeah. I mean, he's surrounded by honestly at this point really, you know, stud receivers, um good offense, good play caller. Obviously, he's a talented quarterback. I yeah, I mean, what is he going around like Kirk Cousins um those types of guys? He's going um, like 25 ahead of Cousins. Yeah. So like it's kind of weird. Um you have like, oh, actually, like he's actually going around the same area as, like, Tom Brady in terms of overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have, like, Russ going one round ahead of him. Aaron Rodgers going about a round behind him. Um, can we ag- can we agree? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. you're good. We all want Stafford over Russell Wilson. Ooh. I don't know about that. Hey, I guess I'm by myself. <laughs> That's why I asked. That's why I asked. It's close for me, but Russell Wilson, I think... I don't know. I mean, just a little bit of run upside and probably a pretty large, you know, chip on his shoulder, something to prove this year. New offense. He's got a lot of talent around him as well. I would probably lean Russell, but you can get Matthew Stafford around later. You know, if there's someone you really like in the seventh round to fill out your wide receivers and running backs, I, you know, I'm totally fine with waiting and taking Stafford. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's one of those things we say it all the time, and it's the reason why you don't necessarily need to get a quarterback early. Is that quarterback is such a deep position, you can wait until you know eight, nine, ten, maybe even the eleventh round, and still get a quality starter. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he feels about right where he's at, but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things, you know. It's like he could finish fifth overall. He could finish fourteenth. You know, it's like if they're running the ball really well, if Cam Akers is just killing it, you know. Speaking of Cam Akers, running back 17 right now, overall 32. Do we think Cam Akers will be 100% himself that we all, you know, saw coming into the league? Everyone was really excited about this guy. Obviously, you know, had the unfortunate Achilles injury, um, which is tough, uh, especially for that position. (laughs) What do we think about Cam Akers? Is he... A little too rich, a little too expensive right now, or does it feel right? Honestly, I, I think it feels right. I think he's right where he, he should be. Um, I think he may be slightly undervalued. Um, and I, but I will, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be the lead guy there. But I definitely think that Daryl Henderson, his backup, is being very undervalued going in. You know, round like twelve right now. Right. I don't think. I mean, it's not gonna be a fifty fifty split. But Henderson's going to get a lot of the passing down work um, and possibly even take away some of the goal line touches. So I think Henderson should probably be moving up a couple of rounds. And so you're saying Cam Akers is underrated, but he's going to be losing third down work. No, not all of it, just some of it. Like, I think the, it's going to be split probably like 70-30. So Henderson's going to get some. You, I think it's going to be similar to what we see in like Washington between Gibson and McKissick. So, so Cam Akers or James Conner? James but- Conner. Okay. That's the thing for me. It's like I'm never going to draft Cam Akers this year because he's going around guys like Aaron Jones, James Conner. He's going in front of James Conner, Zeke Elliott. Like I would take Elliott, Conner, Montgomery, Jones, all over him. I would take Montgomery over him. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I I think Montgomery's not as an explosive talent, but I think the consistency and um, lack of competition, lack yeah. of competition. Even though Khalil Herbert's a good running back. But we know how Chicago operates. They want a workhorse running back, and Montgomery can do that. So 
yeah, for me, like he's not going to be on any of my teams. He's the risk is too much for me right now. Yeah, I'm with that all the way. Uh, Daryl Henderson, you just brought him up. Running back 41 overall, overall 117 uh, um, for all positions. Yeah, I, I think Daryl Henderson's a value. Definitely someone to target late in drafts. If for whatever reason Cam Akers comes back and it's, you know, he's already came back, but if if something, you know, he tweaks something or whatever, he's not 100%, you know, himself, Daryl Henderson's going to get play either way. Um, and if Cam Akers is out, Daryl Henderson, as we saw last year, was, you know, a top 24 running back. So definitely one of the better cuffs um, out there right now. I, I totally agree. And that in that area of the draft and like that, those picks in the 120s, it's all basically second string running backs, backup running backs. And he, he definitely has the most talent out of all of them. Uh, Cooper Cup, triple count winner. Go Eags. Um, Wide receiver one overall and the fifth player overall in ADP. Do we think Cooper Cup can do it again? I mean, is he going to put up all the numbers he put up last year? No, that just seems unrealistic. I mean, he put together one of the greatest receiving seasons of all time. I know he had, had one extra game to do it, but still, it doesn't matter. Like The averages on a per-game basis is still up there, so it's unfair to expect him to, to finish that. Is he still going to be you know, a top three receiver, probably a top five for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, he's worth the first round tender. Yeah. Honestly, it's weird to me seeing a receiver at five overall. That seems like the highest it's probably ever been. That's where the game's going. It is. Know. So, I mean, it seems weird seeing it, but I mean, if I'm in that fifth position, I mean, I'm certainly considering him at that for spot sure. over any of the running backs we have available. For sure. I am too. I agree. He's not going to finish number one at receiver because Devontae Adams is, but you know that's that's a whole different story. <laughs> it's Trey's homer take for this show. Uh, <laughs> Wait, he's not on your team anymore, and you just lose faith in him. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just saying. It's I don't know. It's funny. Um, Allen Robinson, uh, the new acquisition on this roster. Uh, right now, he's at the wide receiver 28, and overall, he's going 69. Nice. <laughs> um <laughs> ah, nice dude. the wide receiver two on this team that you know has um really an elite passing offense obviously there's a whole lot of stank following Allen robinson right now from last year didn't seem motivated didn't seem like he wanted to play football what do you think do we see Allen robinson back to his you know glory days out here in la I mean, LA is where the stars shine, right? No, that's right. <laughs> and uh, that's what I said. I didn't. I'm on the table as uh, of uh, Allen Robinson coming back and having, you know, pro- possibly comeback player of the year type of stats. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm huge on this and going in the seventh round. Essentially, oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think. I mean, we saw what OBJ did in this offense last year, coming off an injury. We have a healthy Allen Robinson. And a motivated one now because he wants to wash away the, the stink. Yeah. yeah, and we already saw he could be a number one wide receiver in this in the league, and that was with a crappy quarterback and Mitch Trubisky. So, I mean, sure he fell out of favor in Chicago, but hell, who did it with Matt Nagy as, as their head coach? You know, right? So yeah, I love him in L.A. Yeah, I'm totally with you. He had he had all those like pretty good years with horrible quarterbacks. Yeah. So I it, it has to only be better, right? If he 
Apparently, it gets all that stink off him that you guys were saying. <laughs> Every time I hear stink, I think you're talking about me. <laughs> I'm not on him, but I am on him fantasy-wise. Would you rather have uh, Allen Robinson or Adam Thielen? Ooh. That's tough. Um, and the funny thing is they're going to be running the same offense. So I'm going to go with Robinson because obviously we know that McVay runs this thing to almost precision type levels. Um, whereas the, the guy who, who McDonald, McDavid, whatever. O'Connell. O'Connell. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I know something you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, he's going up there to be a first-time head coach. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him. So I'm going to expect, you know, the the Rams, who most of their players already know how to run this offense, versus going to a brand-new offense completely in Minnesota. I would literally call it a tie because that O'Connell offense, kind of, you're saying like a very similar offense is happening, right? The third wide receiver strived, and I think K.J. Osborne is going to make a huge stride this year for the Vikings, which it takes away from somebody, right? Either Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's kind of... He's getting up there. Yeah, he's, he's getting... It probably passed the peak of his career. So I would lean Allen Robinson. It's very close, though. All right. Uh, Van Jefferson, the wide receiver, 60 right now. Overall, he's 161. Is he worth swooping up at the back end of drafts? I think he's worth a late-round a late flyer. He's shown flashes last year as a rookie. He could, you know, become a bigger part of this offense, especially seeing that uh, they don't really like to throw to their tight end, um, even though he's decent. <laughs> Who, Tyler's Higby? Yeah. T- Tyler's will never let Tyler die. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> we got to stay together. <laughs> We're strong as one. Um, but yeah, I think I, I don't mind taking a flyer on Dan Jefferson. I mean, I think there's plenty of worse guys you can take at the end of the draft. Yeah, I agree. Um, is there something you want to say about Tyler Higby before we move on, Tyler? Um, I, I hope he does better this year. I had faith in him last year, and it bit me in the butt. So Tyler's got to turn around, but do it for the Tyler's, right? Do for, yeah, do it for the Tyler. Hey man, tie or die, dude. <laughs> tire, tire, die. Or die. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to a team with probably some of the most question marks for fantasy football uh, this year: the San Francisco Forty ers A lot going on here. The Jimmy G rumors continue. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, have well, we spoke on that? How he's he was officially allowed by to John Lynch. Trade. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's only because he finally is like throwing again, so people can actually see him and work him out. Right. But he's not even throwing deep balls at this point. Is what I'm reading. He's very making very well, routine. Well, um, I mean, he didn't throw deep balls anyway. Yeah. So. Does he? Does has he ever? Uh, trust <laughs> me. Don't get me. Don't get me fucking started on that. But apparently, he's like it's literally. He's not even running. It, he's like he's standing there making short throws. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, yes, I know. <laughs> we're, we're talking about practice, okay? Yeah, practice what you do in the yeah, game. Yeah, it's just one of those things. All, all, all we do know is that Garoppolo's not going to start the season on the Niners. He's going to be on someone else's team. So Trey Lance will be the guy, QB 14 right now, overall 102, going in about the 10th round of drafts. Sometimes people reach on him a little bit, 8th, ninth round. What do we think? Trey Lance, I mean, we've seen... You know, the ability to run. He's got a very strong arm. Um, is is this, could he be a league winner? You know? <laughs> I um, mean, if he pops, hell yeah, he could be a league winner. Uh, he'd be very similar to like Jalen Hurts last year. But I am not taking Trey Lance as my QB1. That's, that's a big risk I'm not, not willing to take. Not yet. 
Dude, the least amount of pass attempts for any first-round quarterback in the history of the NFL. Yeah, he barely played. Yeah, as far as college. You got to include the really? COVID year. Yeah, it's the least amount of pass attempts in college for oh, any yeah, first-round yeah, quarterback. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I think you meant sure, in the yeah. NFL. I was, like, yeah. I was like, Aaron Rodgers didn't even play his first year. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But what I'm getting at is if you're drafting him at 102 overall, like quarterback 14-ish, I think that's total blasphemy. Apparently, right now, Derek Carr is being drafted two positions Stephen behind Stephen A made an appearance on the show. <laughs> blasphemy. Yeah, I've been reading the Bible lately, okay? Don't make me... We're getting sack religious out here. Derek Carr is being drafted two positions behind him. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, four positions behind Derek Carr. Six behind Trey Lance. I'm doing all this math at you. Whatever. Either way, these guys are being drafted after Trey Lance. Tua being drafted a whole round after these guys. There's no way I'm drafting Trey Lance over those three guys. Yeah, I'm the. I don't, I don't know. I'm the type of fantasy player where I like to take a little bit of risk at times. Uh, For your quarterback which, one, which if you're I'm punting quarterback. Showing. Yeah. No. I mean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm on the fence about it. I'll say that. Um, the talent is intriguing. The offense is intriguing. You know, he doesn't have to be a world beater throwing the ball to be effective in this offense with Shanahan. Um, and he could still be dominant for fantasy. So that's where I get hung up. I'm like, you know, what are, what are we going to see out of this talent? Um, it's, it's hard. I know. Dude, so I, I, mean, got- no, no, I, I would say this, like if I'm, if I'm a guy who takes, let's say like Stafford in the eighth and two rounds later, he's still sitting there. It might entice me because the upside's so much there, but only if I have another quarterback already. But on the you want to be secured, yeah, before you take the shot, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> dude, you gotta, you know, hedge your bets. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand the world beater n- narrative. Is he really gonna be that dominant in the run game? Like people are like, uh, yeah, I mean, he scored what twenty something points in one half of football against the Seahawks. It, it was impressive. It was impressive. But let's just say he's not really there passing-wise, and the running game doesn't really work out for him. He's just going to be like a a fast Jimmy G. <laughs> I think he's a little bit better than that. But I do, And I do not like Jimmy G. I'm just saying, if he can't figure out the passing game thing, it's it's going to be a really slow learning curve. He's one of the biggest question marks this year, obviously. like He could, he could win you your league, or he could lose you your league. Yeah. taking him at in the 10th round as your QB one. Like that's what you're dealing with. So I don't know. The thing it's just one of those things like rookie quarterbacks have issues. Like, you know, they have ups and downs throughout out the year. Right. And I know he sat one season here, but this is essentially going to be his rookie season in terms of playing on the field. Right. So he's going to have ups and downs. I mean, you brought up the 20 point game. He had in a half against Seattle, but in the next week when he played the entire game, he only had 15 points. Yeah. And with a pick. And so he wasn't as effective. It's just, you're gonna have those ups and downs, and you, you know you're playing with fire. But right. I mean, it could it could win you your league if he really starts to pop. Yeah, it's a big risk though. Uh, another question mark here now at this point is Elijah Mitchell uh, being drafted as the RB twenty one, forty fifth overall. Report came out today uh, that Shani's determined to use a running back by committee approach, um, which they drafted a running back in the third round this year uh Tyrion Davis Price um what do you guys think about Elijah Mitchell because I really like him as a talent but he couldn't stay healthy I think he got five different injuries last year and that's like their biggest concern is keeping him healthy do you think he can deliver 
RB2 status this year? Mm. It's, I think it's very unlikely. Where he's at on the draft board, though, does make him enticing because once you get past, you know, the the top like twenty running backs, it's a total crapshoot. But there are some interesting names available in his area, like uh, Travis Etienne's being drafted four positions before him, which is also a really huge question mark. But he's not going to be in as much of a committee. Maybe it'd be two people, like a two-headed back, yeah. more than like a three-headed monster on the Forty ers which I think is going to be like closer to that. Yeah, I mean James Robinson could not even play. You know, we it's yeah he's still off the injury. He very tore his, much in the air. He tore his Achilles late in the season, so like right. he might not play this season. Yeah, we've also got J.K. Dobbins behind him, Damian yeah. Harris, Rashad Penny, Miles yeah. Sanders. Yeah, it's uh, I really like him. You know, I, I've liked Elijah Mitchell since he broke out last year. I'm one of the people that paid a shit ton on the waiver wire to get him. Um. You know, he's on my dynasty roster. Like, I'm really banking on Elijah Mitchell, but this report that came out today, it's, I mean, it's kind of what we expected anyway, but I still think Elijah Mitchell can do enough, even in a committee, to be a solid RB2 this year. If he can stay healthy. Yeah, there's <laughs> That's that. That's the other question. There's, well, the thing is, too, like, his main backup, Jeff Wilson, hasn't ever been healthy really in his career either. Right. You know, he's the same type of guy who comes in when he's healthy. He looks like he can be an absolute stud, and then he gets hurt the next week. Yeah, that's why, you know, if you do uh, take Mitchell in your drafts, plan on getting Davis Price later in the draft because you can get him with your last pick um, to take that insurance policy. Young rookie, bigger body guy that, you know, if Mitchell goes down, Jeff Wilson's banged up, like he's the guy. So I don't think Trey Sermon has a pulse on this offense anymore. It's a 49ers curse. Is he even listed on the depth chart? I don't know. He's not. On Sleeper, he's not even on the depth chart. Yeah, he's... Dude, they all get hurt. He's a lost cause. They do. They do all get hurt. It's they ridiculous. They all get hurt. I'm not messing with the 49ers running backs. <laughs> unless I get you pinned into a corner every once in a while in these drafts. And I'm not going to let that happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is if you do take one, you almost have to take the other one. You know? Because <laughs> yeah. you got to... Oh, yeah. You know, buy that insurance. I'm I'm with that price take for sure. If you take him, definitely you have to take him later in the draft. Yeah, uh, Debo Samuel, another guy that you know it's absolutely dominant last year, but uh, a lot of offseason news where you know coming out that he doesn't want to be used as a running back. If he is going to be used as a running back, he wants to be paid both as a running back and a receiver. Um, that's not happening. So, where do we are we okay taking Debo in the second round? Wide receiver seven overall nineteen right now. Honestly, it kind of worries me if they're not going to use him as much in the running game. I mean, he scored what six touchdowns on the ground last year. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, if you're going to take away that, he's not going to be able to replace you know six rushing touchdowns with six receiving touchdowns. Like that's not going to happen. So that's that would worrisome. I think his ADP right now is richer than I'd like to go in the second round. Even though it's the back half of the second round, I'm still not. I'm not loving it. The not, injury um, the injury concern still kind of worries me. You know, even though he put in a solid year last year, I know that, but it's still, you know, it's not really fair to him, but like it still worries me. Now, you guys said it perfectly that if he's not going to be using the running game as much, it really makes me not that interested in him, especially in the first round or well, the middle of the second, I guess what we're looking at here, and the injury history. 
great year last year, but I mean, how long can it really go? Especially after being banged out so much last year in the running game. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 40 right now, overall 96. Are we going back to the well there with old Brandon Ayuk? The well's poisoned. <laughs> Somebody poisoned the well. <laughs> Somebody poisoned the water hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know all last year, James just kept like riding the Ayuk train, and Trey and I jumped off, I think, like week two. Yeah. Um, I mean, he started to show a little more promise, and so maybe that translates to a bigger role this year. I mean, I don't, I mean, he's being drafted in the 10th round, so like, you're clearly drafting him as like your receiver four at that point, anyways, if you are drafting him. So, I mean, it's not like you're wasting a draft pick on him, I don't think. Brandon Ayuk or DeAndre Hopkins? Same area. Are they? Yeah, uh, Brandon Ayuk is around 99, and DeAndre Hopkins is 96. 96 overall pick in the draft. Yeah. Um, Probably still Ayuk just because I know he's gonna at least going to be on the field. Yeah, that's where I'm leading to. But, I mean, it depends on how my roster is built, you know. if I, Yeah. I don't know. If you can take a swing on yeah. Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins' mom is blind, and she can see through your guys' bullshit. <laughs> Wait, is that true? <laughs> or are you just like... You guys don't know this? No. Uh, when he was younger, his mom uh, basically was messing with some dude and the ex-girlfriend was jealous and threw like bleach or acid in her face and made her blind that's why every time he scores a touchdown he hands the ball to her in the stands and she can't see but she's always there wow completely blind i obviously don't watch a whole lot of cardinals games (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've seen her seen him handing her the football obviously but i didn't know she was blind i guess yeah. I, didn't I just assumed you wouldn't want to throw the ball at your mom and hit her in the face by accident <laughs> that's why he hands it to her <laughs> she she can't. that's why he hands it she didn't see the bleach coming i think she's gonna see the football coming <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> oh no <laughs> i'm sorry that's horrible slow reactions there on uh, that side of the family <laughs> no it's it skips, it skips a generation he has fast reactions he's got his dad's twitch uh <laughs> oh my god you guys are terrible <laughs> Alrighty. Uh so yeah, Brandon Ayuk, I'm honestly I'm not drafting. <laughs> Maybe it's just a sour taste, but I I'm out. Like I'll look elsewhere for receiving options than the the 49ers at this time. Um George Kittle, tight end four overall right now. He's going fortieth overall in drafts. Can I we- see that Kyle Pitts is being drafted ahead of him right now? Yes, he is. Why? I'm I'm sorry. Why? <laughs> yeah, Who is doing like like? I don't know. If you're like starting a dynasty league, like this season's your first year. Okay, I'll give you that. On a redraft year, like, are you kidding me? This is George freaking Kittle. Yeah, that's the thing. Like when Kittle's healthy and you know available, like his big game, like, he gives you massive boom weeks that are gonna win you weeks. You know, uh, the health is questionable, but. I'll take Kittle over Pitts this year for sure for redraft, given the quarterback situation in Atlanta, what Kittle's been able to do. Um, and is the real question, I think, is is Kittle or Waller to me. Yeah, I'd be mm. taking Pitts after both of them. So that, that's, what, that's what baffles me. I'm taking Waller over Kittle just because of the injury history. But Waller also missed a good third of the year last year with right. with minor injuries, though. So... I also take Waller over Kittle, but it's 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 much of a to- is, ah, whatever. What I'm trying to say, it's a toss up. 
But in the fourth round, drafting a tight end, I, I, I guess that is like the era that we're in now. If you're drafting a top five tight end before the plateau comes, we always talk about the plateau, right? Yeah. I guess it sounds about right. I talked myself into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say that, too, tight end seems to be... Is, seems to continue to get deeper as we're talking about. And we talked about it a little earlier when we were talking with Zach Ertz. Like you, you have some guys that I have no problem taking as my number one tight end, like late in the draft. So I don't know if I'm necessarily wanting to take Kittle at four at you know at the beginning of the fourth round. Right. Um, I think I'm getting my RB two, my wide receiver two at that point. But I mean, if you if, if you're a guy who wants to get a tight end tight end at that point, then like Kittle's not a bad value. I mean, you look at some of the guys that are going around Kittle, like Brees Hall, Jalen Waddle, Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know, it's like Deontay Johnson all day. Yeah, and well, I mean, you I, do have a new quarterback there, which is a little scary, but well, yeah, it could be either Mitchburg or Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pixkies. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just there's a lot of talent there, you know, um, in the fourth round still. So. To me, I lean towards going after one of those running backs or receivers and and finding a tight end later. That's why I struggle with it being in the fourth round. I'm like, I just I think there's so much more value in other players. And what you guys are saying, I mean, you can get Pat Fryermuth in like the early eleventh round. Yeah, I would be totally fine with that. Uh, all right, last team here in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. All right, podcast is over, right, Tyler? <laughs> over under. <laughs> Over under five wins this year for the for the Seahawks. Five and a half. You got to do the half. Five and a half. Sorry. Under. That's what they need to do. They need to tank. Yeah. They need Honestly, to. I think with Drew Locke or Geno Smith at quarterback, they probably take four wins and get a top three pick. Quarterback of the future. Let's go. Yeah, this isn't really fantasy related that much, but you know the worst thing that could happen to the Seahawks this offseason? Getting Jimmy Garoppolo? That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Because then you have no excuse to really be tanking. But yeah. at you, the same time, you will Yeah, the thing is, like, I think if you picked up Jimmy Garoppolo, or even if they got Baker, Baker Mayfield, they're probably looking more like a seven-win team. And then you're picking around like 10. It's like, you're not going to get the quarterback you want. Right. I'd rather get three or four wins and have an af- absolutely terrible year and get the guy that we want for the next 10 years. Hey, James, this is going to be good because uh, we all live in the Northwest, the Inland Northwest. A lot of Seahawks fans. God, all those bandwagon fans are just going to oh, be so man. quiet. Well, this actually, year. they <laughs> won't even exist anymore. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, those stupid little flags out of their back window. They had a, <laughs> they had a solid run. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, they had a run for like eight years. Yeah. So, like, it was pretty good. But now they won't exist. Hey, all dynasties fall, dude. Read about Rome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about the fantasy relevant, I guess, players um, that might be relevant this year. I think uh, the Seahawks were like 31st in pass attempts last year. And even with Russell Wilson on the team, I'm pretty sure I saw that. Um, Wait, he missed three games? Yeah. Was it? And, and and severely limited for like the three he, yeah. first where he came back from. So it was pretty bad. So how are we feeling about Rashad Penny running back 31 right now, overall 86, and Kenneth Walker the third running back 36, overall 90 right now? Yeah, I mean they're being drafted like the same spot. Has it? Rashad's moved up then, because he used to be like way below, yeah, hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the the rankings are updated daily because you know we're getting more drafts, and especially as we get closer to the season start. So, I mean personally, I'm still banking on or not banking on it, but like I would rather take Penny 
because I've seen what he can do in the NFL. As long, I know he has to stay healthy. But I mean, you're gonna get Rashad Penny in the ninth round as you're like running back three or four at that point, and he could absolutely be a wide, uh, running back one. Um, that's worth the risk by far for me. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I I would just speak on the fact that his ADP keeps rising uh, above Kenny Walker because like all this uh, off season or it was like tr- not training camp, uh, mini camp stuff, and um, it was like Pete Carroll or somebody said he could be a three down back, and it's like well well no shit like we all knew this, yeah. but apparently the people that didn't know that they saw that shit, and his ADP is rising. I think the one thing too his ADP is probably rising because we're starting to un- get more information or not more information, but we're starting to understand like Chris Carson. Is probably not playing again in, in his career. Uh, who said it? Who said it? Yeah, Half you, a year ago. Yeah, you, <laughs> you guys both did. I mean, I, we both did. <laughs> you guys both said. I, I think, I'm not gonna lie. I think Trey said it first, though. What? Yeah, I think. Yes. So. I mean, we can obviously run go back tape, and run yeah, the run tape, the tape. Run the tape. But Dude, uh, just like just, Mike Tyson said, it's final. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's what I remember saying like six months ago. So that's why I know I said it first. Yeah. So yeah. I don't remember that, but um, final. Yeah, I still like I still like Rashad Penny as a, as a value. You know, I think he's worth the shot. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't mind taking Kenny Walker just a few picks after him too. Like if that's if that's what you want to do, because um, I think obviously he has the potential. Um, I just think Penny looks like he could be an absolute star in this league if he can stay healthy. You want to talk about a risky league winner, Rashad Penny? He stays healthy, but is it that much of a risk in the ninth round at that point? I mean. Well, I mean, if you choose between him and Kenny Walker, it's kind of like you're like, oh, shit, who am I going to choose? Uh, it, I, it's a little risky. Yeah. But I know what you're saying, because Rashad Penny, is. we saw what he can do, Kenny Walker coming in as a rookie. Just with the type of coach Pete Carroll is, I think he's going to run like he's gonna run Rashad until the wheels fall off, and it's like, okay, a foregone conclusion that he's done. So Penny's going to get all the opportunity in the world this yeah. year to – carry the team <laughs> the only, they're gonna have to run a lot the so. only downfall is that penny's wheels could fall off week one yeah that's <laughs> that's they're not the strongest wheels i have one fast counter wheels. argument they are fast wheels i have a one counter argument though if they're gonna be tanking they're gonna be losing right you don't run the ball much when you're losing yeah but i mean i think they're expecting to be losing i think they're you know it's gonna be one of those situations like well we're we really gonna throw it 80 times with drew lock to try to go win this game like no they're just gonna run the fucking clock out <laughs> you know what i mean like they're just gonna try guys to let's lose by 10 not tw- not 24 okay exactly so Thanks, speaking of high school head coach yeah speaking of um dk metcalf right now is the wide receiver 15 so he's being drafted as a wide receiver two yeah can he deliver that he meanwhile could. meanwhile tyler lockett wide receiver 38 94 overall I love Tyler Lockett's ADP. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I love him as a player. I don't love him this year. I mean, if I'm gonna, it, based off where their ADPs are, though, I take Lockett over Metcalf all day long because I mean, well, yeah, you're getting Tyler Lockett all the way back in the tenth round almost. Yeah. So you don't think DK's too high up? I think it's more likely that I would say that it's more likely that Tyler Lockett finishes above receiver thirty-eight. The, and then DK would almost... I'm almost certain that DK finishes below wide receiver 15 this year. So, Mike Williams or DK Metcalf? Mike, oh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams by a mile. Yeah, he's going six positions later in the draft. I know, that's fucking wild. 
That's I. I will not have DK Metcalf on any team. Yeah, this I mean, year. obviously, d- people are still drafting DK because he based is, off the talent. Yeah, the talent is there, but like, you can't. It's fantasy football, though. You can't. Yeah. Just bang, like, yes, you someone has to get him the ball. Good players, but it's a team effort here. Yeah, you know? someone has the, to throw him. The, the ball. one good thing that I will say, if they end up going with Drew Locker quarterback, the dude's got an absolute cannon you for can an arm. Launch it for sure. So let let DK just run nine routes and outrun the entire defense and see what happens. Yeah, that's not something I want to necessarily bank on. No, and not in the you know fourth round that he's going in. Uh, yeah. So for me, I'm just I'm out honestly on the on the wide receivers for the Seahawks this year. As of right now, I I can understand your take with Tyler Lockett on taking a shot on him, but um, <sighs> I just I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the sound <laughs> it makes me make. Noah Fant. I think that that's an undervalue to me. I tied in 18. Yeah. Sorry, I know I kind of jumped the gun on that. I was no, kind of excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to agree. Yeah, I think um I don't know. I mean he's a he's a talented tight end. Like if you punt punt the position, you could literally take Noah Fant with your last pick of the draft, you know, and see what happens. I mean, he clearly he has the, he has talent. We've seen that. He's shown right. some flashes of things and I think that like when you go to a, to an offense that's going to have crappy quarterback play, they're going to rely more on the tight ends because it's the easy throw to make across the middle of the field, you know? So I just assume Noah Fant's going to get plenty of targets. Yeah. Mm. Noah Fant makes no effect on me. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Not interested, man. He, he's going slightly above Robert Tunyon. How do you feel about that? Big Bob. Ugh. If I had to choose between the two is what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, you're taking a shot. Give me Big Bob off the injury, and let's see what happens. What about Albert O, who's also going a little bit after Noah Fan? What does the O stand for? <laughs> Oka Wumbagangabun, <laughs> or whatever the hell that name is. <laughs> Albert O is like, there's a, lo- there's a lot of hype just because Russell Wilson came over, but he hasn't really done anything. No, he hasn't. Since he's been in the NFL. I do like the fact that people are seeming to realize that because, like, at the beginning of of like when draft season started, the hype was stupid. He was getting his ADP was way up there. It's fallen way back down, which I'm I'm glad to see because yeah, he hasn't proven anything. So I'm I'm with you on that take. He's still on a bunch of sleeper lists though. Sleeper tight ends you could target later in the draft. But his literally name just only because it has nothing it. to do with him as a player though. It's all because Russ is now yeah. their quarterback. That's it. There's just. I mean, the offense just has so many. You have Judy Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick. You have KJ Hamler coming back off the injury, who's an absolute burner. Yeah. You have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in the back. I mean, like he's like the eighth option <laughs> yeah. on this offense. Like, I mean, I think you'd probably see Russell Wilson run it before he throws to the Albert O. Yeah. Yeah, dude, to drive the final stake in, which you would know, being a Seahawks fan, he's never really had a prominent tight end, even having like Jimmy Graham there. Yeah, he likes it. He dr- he likes to give him the the chance in the uh, in the red zone. Yeah, and I mean, and that's when he has a tight end that's worth throwing to. You know, yeah. like he's got three really good receivers, plus KJ Hamler, plus you know they got the running game, Javante, Melvin Gordon. I just don't see it. Yeah, well, Albert's gonna be running like a nine route or something. And all he's gonna all he's gonna see is the whole alphabet flash on the back of his jersey, and he's like, "I'm not passing that guy." <laughs> he's got the whole alphabet. <laughs> I got five guys around running around right now. I can actually pronounce their names, and then I, I know they'll catch it. 
All right, well, that'll do it for the NFC West. We appreciate you all listening to this show, the Fantasy Football Fathers. Again, if you haven't already, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, stay tuned for other episodes. Divisions. Divisions and what else are we going to do? Some other cool stuff. We're, uh, we're going through every division like we just did, basically. Yeah, we'll do some, Something some, like that. some other content as well as we approach draft season will look to be ramping up a little bit um so yeah stay tuned for that thanks for listening and uh we'll see you next time